0: Welcome, welcome in Thursday, November 17. Welcome into the most illegal fantasy football podcast per usual. I'm your host, Jonathan Rogers, commissioner and number one in the league. It's a little humble brag on the intro. And I'm here as always with the beautiful, handsome and newly engaged. Wait, what? He was dating someone. Seth Odom, my dog. What's up? I've already, uh, answered that
1: question. Yes. In fact, I was dating someone (laughs) at least 10 times in the last 24 hours.
0: So uh, what's up everyone. It's good to be alive. Oh man. Well, I I didn't want to bury the lead, but congratulations, Seth. Uh, I, I don't even know if this is on Facebook or not right now, but you got engaged on Sunday. Congratulations. uh, Thank you. Thank you. It is
1: Facebook official. Um, (laughs) I, I made her, uh, come clean and, and make the post early. I've had 120, uh, church moms, not only like, but also comment, um, Ooh, baby! I, I don't know. Yeah. So their hearts are probably broken that their, um, 15 year old daughters will no longer have a chance, but well, that's what I'm um, saying. <laughs> but, but life is good. Also, I made an adorable kind of snapshot, uh, video. If y'all want to go, go look me up on Facebook. It's mm french
0: kiss Come oh on. my gosh yeah we, we knew that you were cute we knew that you had it in you based off of uh, i mean just your performances in this podcast your love for fantasy football clearly has to be transcended by the love you have for your now fiance future wife so um I, i'll i'll be praying for her well-being because if you take the commitment you have to fantasy football to marriage she is uh she is in for quite the statistical journey absolutely it's it's kind of like a one a one
1: a1b situation so it's a, I mean, it's
0: a little like trying to pick between uh, Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey before the year. Like we didn't know. I mean, we know now who you should have picked. But at the time it was like, who am I going to choose? I don't know. You went with both. I guess that says a lot about what your marriage is going to be like. So congrats. Yeah, full send.
1: We're, we don't we don't wait for later. We don't we, we don't take time. We don't stock up picks. We don't we don't play the long game. It's like we know what we want. We want it now. Let's, let's hey yeah. Happened. I mean,
0: they say three year salary for uh, an engagement ring, and it's you just had three first round draft picks for that engagement ring. That's that's all we're doing here. Every everything is dollars and cents. Um, we got a we got a quick and dirty one. I, I not not a ton to go over. Very few transactions. Um, this podcast is coming out the week before Thanksgiving. We will obviously not be uh, producing one next week. Um, so a ton of we got a little a little Thanksgiving Day to sneak in here, as well as talking about. Some disappointments of the season. We're at that point in the year where now um, we are well aware that Russell Wilson will not be winning the MVP uh, and Cortland Sutton will not be leading the league in touchdowns. So we'll go through some of the big disappointments uh, kind of from maybe more of a redraft perspective at the beginning of the year. Um, I will touch about if you are a full degenerate and into the sleeper app, you can find another way to give your money away to Las Vegas. Um, Always a fun time. Um, And then I I had some pretty big changes in my uh, power ranking set. I don't know about you after last week, so we we can maybe get into those. Oh, man, but first up, We'll jump right in to the transactions. Won't won't sugarcoat around it. Um, this might be the last podcast you hear before the trade deadline in our league, which is week thirteen. So I think that'll be I guess that would be probably Thursday night, the day before those games start in a couple of weeks. But the only trade that has happened since our last podcast is um kind of a squishy one. I don't know if this one really Counts as a trade, but I guess assets were moved, but it's the one between Braden and Corey. About a week ago, Corey got uh Chase Edmonds. Uh I don't know if you guys know who Chase Edmonds is. He is the third string running back for Denver. Um, so Corey got Chase Edmonds and Braden got uh JD's 2023 third and Andreas's 2023 third. Um Seth, did, do you think this counts as a trade? Uh well
1: I again I think Brayden is confused about like how rosters work. Uh, like, I think he has 17 picks going into <laughs> the, this next draft. Like, doesn't he know we only add three roster spots?
0: That's a, maybe we might not even add three. I, I mean, oh, well, yeah, we'll put a who <laughs> uh, that's, that's, spicy
1: I, okay. I mean that's
0: that's what that's what happened at the beginning of the year i had to lobby like i don't even know the congressperson who was able to get c- the world cup to go to qatar in order to actually get three three roster spots added to our teams but no i i mean yeah i i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure if he does either well well here's the deal there's going to be no names like chase
1: edmonds who don't need to be on guys rosters that that'll be dropped so i jake or bray Red, you you got this. I, I like your plan, um, and and like you mentioned, I'm not sure the Broncos even remember that they got Chase Edmonds in return um, in that trade that they sent Bradley Chubb out. And so um, I think it's a it's a whatever uh, for the league and fantasy relevant going forward.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe Corey was trying to play a game that like, hey, Chase Edmonds got brought back in this deal. Maybe he's gonna pop off. I mean. Maybe this is just a bad case of hindsight analysis on our part, but I I just I watched the trade go down, and I was like, I don't really know what's going on.
1: Here. Yeah, I mean, these pick 34 and pick 36, they, I mean, money makers. You're right. We're just, we are the people.
0: This is Galaxy Brain stuff, and we're just missing it. Yeah, that's... <laughs> We should all be get, just trying to get our hands on third round picks, so maybe because I mean, hey, look, if I had Isaiah Likely right now, I'd be pretty happy, and I think that was Mr. Irrelevant in the last year's draft. So,
1: you were right, you were right. He
0: was... So, um, who's to say A- anyway? So, that, that was the only trade that I saw. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving on, uh, kind of recap in the last weeks, we had some. Pretty spicy matchups uh, over the past couple of weeks. I uh, personally have had probably the best two weeks of my fantasy season the last two weeks coming off of back-to-back losses. That feels super good. There is a new leader in the league again, and it, me. Um, I got bailed out super hard by Mixon Mania against uh, Brennan a couple of weeks ago, and then managed to survive in and upset JD in a game where Kyler Murray was a surprise out Um and, I mean, I kind of was – I bailed out by some injuries on J.D.'s roster.
1: Well, that's at this point in the year. Um, so many injuries by weeks. I mean, bye weeks got your team um, yeah. this week. And so, like, there's – you just are playing the cards that you're dealt. And, I mean, sometimes you're going to get lucky touchdown production, and you're, and you're going to win – uh win a win a week other times you're gonna score 33.14 points and <laughs> take take your whips and uh, roll into roll into week
0: 11 <laughs> you're Aesthetically speaking, like no one could possibly I, score 33.14 points. That's so abysmally low. I can't even fathom what type of roster you'd have to field to get 33 points. I, I don't know. But no, I mean, and that's really what it is. Like sometimes you just manage to start the backup running back for a team that then halfway through the game becomes the starter. Like that's just, that's kind of the things that's going to happen. And that's what wins championships, even when all the data says that you should absolutely lose. Um, Man, I... I know we've done a lot of our fantasy MVPs on the year already. We've made, maybe we jumped the gun too early because Matt Irby just dominated the league with his most recent trade and acquired Lamar Jackson from 2019, Justin Fields. Oh my gosh. The dude was trying to get the 101 and Justin Fields is not going to let him this year.
1: Yeah, tank commander. But here's, honestly, this is the perfect tank. You don't, as much as like, basketball is always my reference as much as like Victor Wimbanyama is like the the ideal it's like no you trade for Luka Doncic and I think that's what Matt just did he traded for a bona fide star uh well yes he may have left something on the table by not um getting the 101 but you use your picks to get known commodity unfortunately what was it Brennan that that sold low (laughs) Um, And we say so low we, I mean, I know you and I had the conversation who's better in three years and it's like, Oh, it'll be close. And ah, man, they're already on the same. They're, they're the same (laughs) spot. Oh Um, yeah. And so it's, it's remarkable. Justin Fields is a different athlete. That's what separates him from like any of these other guys. He's like Lamar Jackson, special athlete, just moves different than all these other professionals. Um, it, it's it's a wonder to watch.
0: Yeah, I have been shocked. And really, I don't even blame Brennan for selling low. Like, I'm sure he's kicking himself right now for selling Justin Fields at where he did. But, like, no one saw this coming. He, he Justin Fields, through the first, I think, like, eight weeks of the season, had two passing touchdowns. Two! And just in the last, what, four weeks, he's thrown ten. So no one can see that kind of midseason season flip turned like flip it off like a switch for the Bears to all of a sudden become an elite offense like this is this just doesn't happen in the middle of NFL seasons. so no one could have seen this coming but my goodness Matt is going to be the beneficiary and I, he, I think this is kind of one of those things that sticks around like it just seems like they're going to run the offense through him and you've seen kind of David Montgomery spiral into becoming a completely irrelevant as a running back and that's because Justin F- gonna run for 120 yards every game they don't need him anymore they already have the running back one and he starts with the ball every single play so um I mean I think he I don't know if he ended up doing it or not but he basically broke his own rushing record as a quarterback for a uh, regular season game and I I just I don't see him going anywhere unbelievable congrats to Matt I have a hard time seeing him lose a game the rest of the year if Justin Fields is gonna put up 60 points that's just that's insanity Yep, you, um. you win those
1: games. And, like, I don't know if people realize, like, everyone understands he, like, went off with just, like, overall statistics. He averaged over 11 yards per carry. Oh, my
0: gosh. Two weeks no, no, one can do,
1: no one can do he that. Had, and it's not like he ran seven times. He had 15 rushes <laughs> for 178 and 13 for 147. That's
0: Samaje Pirine versus Kansas stuff oh. right there. God, what a great callback! I was at that game. It was raining and miserable, but my goodness, that is so. Tr- I mean, yeah, I don't even realize. I don't know if I realized he was running for eleven a clip. That is some. That is some next level, man. Yeah, that Lamar Jackson even in twenty nineteen wasn't doing that kind of stuff. So, um, speaking of guys that I don't think you're gonna lose a game the rest of the year, Jacob Black. This guy cannot lose anymore. I I don't know what has happened to this roster because at the beginning of the year, he was middle of the pack, set to be really great, but not dropping 140 and winning weeks back to back to back to back. Mahomes, maybe the quarterback won on the season now. Josh Allen has a step back the past couple of weeks. I don't know if that's perspective or not, but Mahomes has come in. He has the stack with Kelsey, so he's basically guaranteed every Chiefs touchdown. Dalvin Cook... Really turned it on. And then, of course, the wide receiver, basically wide receiver one on the on the year, Tyreek Hill. Unbelievable. Now, I say that he won't lose a game the rest of the year. I know a lot of his production has come from Tony Pollard, who will inevitably be replaced by Ezekiel Elliott because of how Jerry Jones has decided to run this football team. But I just, I don't, his team has been unbelievably impressive the last month. Yeah, when, and he, his team isn't just with uh,
1: touch. His guys are guaranteed touches. He's not like getting touchdown dependent 14 to 18 point games like he he's Hopkins he he's getting 14 targets. Hill gets eight to 14 targets. You know, Kelsey gets eight to fourteen targets, and so like anytime you can guarantee the lion's share of whether it's um, rushes or targets, like you're going to score points. I mean, Miles Sanders had twelve for fifty-four yards. I mean, five points—that's a bummer game, but you're you're confident in him just having um, RB ones and receiver ones across his roster, and, yeah. and you, you bet on that. You bet yep. on that being the, you set you set
0: you set yourself up for success. To lose with that type of roster requires an anomaly in multiple situations. That's going to require Tyreek and DeAndre and Kelsey to all fail and that is a parlay that will very rarely hit so i i absolutely agree it's he set himself up for success and i mean barring a weird freaky injury it, it sure looks like the path to the playoff runs through jacob black right now um i'm really glad i played him at the beginning of the year before he made all of his trades that made him this uh legendary player um and and maybe it's too early but speaking of the championship currently runs through the ethereum division i I'm just rattling off our division. And if you're not familiar, it's Ethereum and Bitcoin. Ethereum, the number one person in that division is eight and two. Jacob is number two at seven and three. Andreas is seven and three. The top three teams are all far above 500. It's it's kind of crazy how we're playing each other every single week in these games. And there's still not parity between the two divisions 10 weeks into the year.
1: Yeah, honestly, that it's fantasy football at its finest. It doesn't matter, redraft league doesn't matter, uh, dynasty league. Like it always just plays out, uh, plays out this way. And and yeah, let's let's not talk about records, okay? It just (laughs) makes me sad.
0: Dude, you are the I let me look at let's look at this you are the second highest third highest scoring team in the league five 500 that is so unfortunate but I mean that's kind of what you're saying it's like any given Sunday you can put up 180 points and then the next Sunday put up 60. like there that's just that's gonna happen for, from time to time
1: yeah I've literally scored two weeks worth more of <laughs> points than Tanner and we have the same record <laughs> yeah Wow. It's not. I'm not frustrated. I'm not frustrated. Nope, not frustrated. I can't tell. It doesn't. Say, you know, hey, I don't hear in your voice at all. All I'm saying, it it can only get better. Yeah. Until we get true. to the playoffs, and then I can be disappointed. But from this
0: point, <laughs> man, it can that, only get better. Yeah. The bye week is so important. I mean, it's so important to just avoid one extra week of variance is sometimes all that you need to. That's the difference between winning everything and not winning anything at all. But. Moving on past that, uh, the just the inevitable variance of fantasy football. So we we talked about this earlier today, and and part of me wanted to compare every team in our league to a Thanksgiving dish. It felt too on the nose. I, this is very much like the sequel to Mission Impossible. Maybe it'll be good, but it's probably not necessary. So we'll we'll table that for now. But I have some passionate feelings about what needs to go on a Thanksgiving plate. And I think it would be enjoyable if we just did a little four round. You're creating your ideal Thanksgiving spread just based off of a quick little draft. You, you want to go for it? Let's get it done, dude. I will even give you the one oh one. because I don't know if there Ooh. is a one. This is very mm. subjective and I, I'll take the one-on-one if you don't want it. But I, I think that it's, I don't know if there really is a clear one-on-one to these kind of things. All right. I, I need,
1: okay. Um, I cannot do a holiday meal, specifically Thanksgiving meal, without mashed potatoes and gravy and oh! turkey gravy. Turkey gravy. So I say this. Brown you, gravy, you baby. Can get, yeah, you can get mashed potatoes anytime. So, like, that's not the special thing. But it's the combo mashed potatoes and, like, turkey brown seasoned gravy because that's number one because it makes everything else better. It makes mm. the turkey better. It makes the stuffing better. It it makes the roll better. All of those things worthy. But that mashed potatoes and gravy that that really just ties everything together for me. And so that's I going versatile. Um, just kind of centerpiece. Uh, to start it off.
0: No, and that's and it's very. Uh... See, that's a, that's a pick I thought I was going to be able to get in later rounds. So that to see that go 101 is definitely frustrating. Um, I think part of your explanation for why mashed potatoes are so important and so good was in there. But it's it's the centerpiece to the extent that it's not the main course. And I think the 101 in a Thanksgiving draft has got to be the turkey. It's the main thing. You can't if there's not a turkey. Sure, you have that will have a ham, but that that's like a pre-thanksgiving meal and I I thought long and hard about what the 101 in this draft should be and my personal 101 came to the turkey because there are some haters out there, it's dry it's not flavorful and I just want to say it's not the turkey that's bad it's the person that prepared it and I don't mean to slam on your Mima, but she just she's cooked it too long, you deep fry it, it's amazing, you smoke it, whoa, now we're talking level up smoking and then the key is that Tony's in like injection Creole butter. That's that's really what'll put your turkey over the top. You load that bad boy up with some some of that injection butter. Now we're talking about a real meal. I think turkey's gotta be at the centerpiece of any Thanksgiving meal.
1: All right. So what Jonathan is saying is that you gotta have a Bill Belichick who drafts this random white dude from Michigan. <laughs> and that, man, if you if you get the, the right uh, person in charge, you're gonna make this guy the goat and you're right if, but you know how many how many people are bold enough to pick the frozen turkey off of out of the line and be like you know what? He runs a 57. That's my guy. That's what you just did, sir. and I, I believe you. Um, under your tutelage that turkey very well, should be. Um, the Rifle 101, but um, I've been alive for 28 and a half years. I've seen too many uh Ryan Tannehills and Christian Ponders, um, to to Ooh. feel comfortable about going going Turkey 101. <laughs> too many QB12, you're saying, too many QB12s who were just having to rely on their uh wives who are TV stars to um to make. <laughs> can go through.
0: <laughs> Very nice. Uh, I guess we gonna talk about it. this. Is it's not a snake draft, right? Are you up or am I up again? I oh, I, I think I'm up. You know. Okay,
1: we're only going four rounds, so let, let's do this. Yeah. Um. So my uh number uh three overall pick um is green bean casserole. No, you green son bean of casserole
0: a gun. Oh!
1: Because One thing that. Everyone loves and I think they I think we all love it because we only eat it once or twice a year. Otherwise (laughs) it would probably be very low on the list because it is that holiday staple. It's the thing that I'm getting a just a a large scoop of that to just nestle in next to um the assortment of other casseroles and sauces and other dishes. But you, you always know there's gonna be space for the green bean
0: casserole. Dang it. That's so disheartening. Yes, you're absolutely right. I I I love I love a green bean casserole. My mom I think makes the best green bean casserole and I ask her to make an extra pan of it every single year that she will she'll offer and I'll take it home and I'll take it to work like every day for a week. And you're exactly right. By that fifth day, that Friday I've had it maybe four or five days in a row, I don't want green bean casserole for a year. It's it's I don't want it anymore, but somehow every November 1st I just get a hankering for it. Those are you a are you a crunchy onion guy on top or Oh, not? You, you gotta put that. You got to. And so no. absolutely, <laughs> the casserole. If you don't got the crunchy, then you're just talking about some mushy green beans and some cream and chicken sauce. That's not or cream and mushrooms. Yeah. That's not what you're doing. That's not what we're here
1: that, for. That ain't it. That ain't it. Ah, uh,
0: dang it. Well, now I'm rattled. Um, gosh, I was I was shocked. Okay. Uh, okay. How do I make my potentially just dry turkey not? Uh, okay okay so i i don't want to get too niche i want to keep this broad because i don't want to describe a meal that no one's ever had before but i i think that we i think we can get there M- my family call these picnic potatoes it's cheesy potato casserole and I, I i think this is pretty ubiquitous across thanksgivings maybe it's not um the ones that my family makes it's it's cheese and like those little potato hash brown things and, and then you throw a we do it we throw cornflakes on top so you corn get that flakes. nice crust
1: hey, on the top mm, hey, and maybe put this out there um I had frosted flakes were used last time and oh it just caramelized even even a little bit more
0: no I, way it i might be a, might be a frosted plate guy. I don't know. I, well, for all of you guys listening, you can catch Seth and I also every other week on our cooking podcast called Mostly Cooking Fantasy Cooking. It's uh it'll be out on all the places where you find your podcast. Um God, I, I gotta go with the picnic potatoes. Shout out to Adele Mellis. Um, y'all are dropping the best picnic potatoes out there for sure. <sighs> okay, okay, Seth what you, so you that got throws me that throws me 105.
1: 105. And see, um, Oh boy! So uh, here's uh, okay. I have to pick a protein because we are. I I'm viewing this as like my team versus your team. And yeah, you that's you got go to. You can't go to Thanksgiving Thanksgiving dinner without a protein. Got gotcha. uh, Turkey is taken, um, ham. Um, it, that is, I would say that the second most prominent. Some people do like briskets. I I would choose those two. So those two over it, but I think those might be a different sports um, that, you know, if my Kyler Murray play, playing baseball c- could work. It <laughs> would probably be great, but it's not an option here. And so we're, we're just going to go with a nice smoked, and glazed ham oh the glaze Um, is important you can't sleep on the
0: glaze no No, i'm I'm, I'm right behind that
1: yeah very very important and so also for me i'm a very thinly sliced ham guy don't don't give me this like ham steak um really thin thinly sliced and so it'll be a great um honestly a great thing to just kind of give give some punch to my uh to my my entree right now i like where i'm at i'm like where i'm at through my three
0: picks i mean i'm uh i'm I'm rattled i'm definitely rattled um i i think ham is a great pick there i uh um are you a warm or a cold ham guy uh mm. honestly uh
1: cold ham is like the preference so like ham leftovers it's probably the best form of like when you can eat it for Thanksgiving. but you're not cooking a Thanksgiving ham and then wait until it's cold to serve it um, with all this other hot stuff. So I am good with the hot ham, um, but we're, I I would prefer it on a on a like a, a
0: Thanksgiving sandwich, um,
1: cold post- after little yeah. cold
0: cut action. Uh, not- I- man, I cannot stand a cold ham because I've had I've had the Thanksgiving ham cold. And it's not my preference. It really isn't. And I I don't have any other reason other than like I want to feel like the warm hug of Thanksgiving. Like with the like, because you're totally right. Like I'll put some cold ham on a sandwich the next day, and it's great. But I'll also like sometimes throw that ham in a frying pan and just like let it sizzle a little bit, and it's real good if you do that too. So I mm. I don't know. I think I lean hot ham if I were to just pick overall. But I I can I can see the respect of a, of a cold ham. Okay. So we're here now. So I'm at the sixth overall and I'm trying to pick which direction I am. This is like the gamesmanship of these drafts. Like, do I do I try to think what you would pick here or do I just go with what my heart is going to say is going to be better? Okay, okay, I'm going to play the game. I'm going to play the game. I'm going to take at the sixth overall pick a nice, warm, soft, fluffy roll. You get that butter on there, you get that that nice fluffy kind of puffed up part on top that's like this warm fluffy muffin. I I think it's hard to beat. And yes, I won't con- I'll concede, I will concede for certain that it's better if you dip it in gravy. Absolutely. But if you get a nice little sweet butter in there or like a butter with some of that like salt sprinkled, like a good herb butter, I don't you don't even need the gravy for those things. That's a meal unto itself.
1: No, I agree. Rolls, um, rolls are a great compliment. Um, but then they don't always round out your meal. Like, um, man, I, I, um, I, I don't know if that was part of your plan, but mm, it no, is. That's, that's nothing.
0: My, that was the game. All
1: right. Yeah. Nothing makes, uh, makes a holiday complete with, uh, if you don't have a dessert table. Um, oh, and so is Me- the best. She has the assortment of um, just, you have your chocolate-covered pretzels, you have your homemade fudge, you have mm. your little cake, your dump cake. And, oh, Thanksgiving, it's the fall. It's a, You're going to pick pie. Pecan pie, pumpkin pie, apple pie. Here's the deal. This is, and I will I will say, this is the thing that everyone fights over at Meemaw's house. So uh, it's a Meemaw-specific thing. But I think you would... Um, it, the idea transcends, uh, Meemaw is that homemade cheesecake. Mima oh. brings, brings it out and, and man, with so with as many mouths that she has to feed, we, we, she has to have two of those, <laughs> two of those bad boys thinly sliced just to make sure everyone gets, everyone gets a touch. Thinner uh, than you know? the ham. Thinner than the ham. Probably. Oh, thinner, thinner than the <laughs> Patrick Mahomes out he's like I don't know we, we got a lot to choose from but I, we, Tyree this, this was Tyree this Tyree kill's gone and so Pat, Pat Kelsey you were my cheesecake we're slicing you up and trying to get you as many touches as possible
0: oh my gosh uh well that's I think that's great I really do I've never had Jeremy Ma's cheesecake but I, it's hard to beat a good cheesecake I I've only had—I don't know if I've ever had a homemade. I know that they're quite difficult to make, so I have never personally seen or attempted the audacious attempts of putting together a cheesecake you have to like boil water in a pan around the cheesecake or something while it's cooking? Like, isn't there like some you, wacky like uh, something? You do so he, Hey, just this
1: is a little insight. Um, that's that's how I wooed my now fiance. Um, like. <laughs> a month in like in her sister i mean the sister is a key to any girl's heart oh, and so her, her sister's a big cheesecake fan i was like i got you busted out homemade cheesecake the whole fit like all of the siblings ended up showing up sold immediately Done. Um, <laughs> done it was, it was sign they're like sign them up now we don't care how we treat you we need this in our life. this is our and, this is
0: we don't, have to pay, we don't have to go to Cheesecake Factory anymore. We can just get this cake wherever we want. Exactly. Oh, my
1: God.
0: Oh my God. No, that's – so that's great. And I uh, – I personally, though, I did take offense to your rebuttal because uh, although I, I'm not a big pumpkin pie guy, I, I'm not really a big pecan pie guy. I, I believe the core element of Thanksgiving requires – a pie and when i'm talking about a pie i want to be specific i'm not talking about a store-bought crust with some cool whip on top that's that's not a pie that's like something you prank to throw in somebody's face that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about a chocolate pie a chocolate mousse pie with a homemade crust and one of those meringue little like beaten little get the little wispy little mountain everest like landscape photo that you'd see at the top of a of a fancy hotel in Colorado, I'm talking about a chocolate meringue pie, and it that is what does it for me. I know the meringue is is not for everybody, but it adds an element of depth to the flavor that is super important. And you're not just eating chocolate pudding; it's a chocolate mousse in the middle, so it's thick. It stands on its own. You could cut a slice of that, hold it up, and flip it over like a blizzard from Dairy Queen. That's the consistency that I'm talking about, and that. That is a pie that will win you every single day. I, I get it. A cheesecake is flashy. It's fine. But when I'm talking about Thanksgiving, I'm talking about something I'm going to look down from an aerial view of my empty stomach, and I'm going to say I'm going to destroy every single one of these things that I'm looking at. And I I think that a chocolate pie has to go in there because it's a home run every single time, no matter what. No matter – even if I forgot to boil the water around the freaky pan that, unhicks, that unhooks itself, I'm talking about chocolate pie. Okay. I love it hey all right um, do we we're putting people are gonna vote on this right we, we oh, gotta, absolutely Oh, absolutely we'll, we'll get a poll in the chat for sure i uh but to to run it back for those listening that's crappy team includes uh mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, a Thanksgiving ham, allegedly a ham and a homemade cheesecake and Jonathan bringing the thunder got the turkey, the cheesy picnic potatoes, a fresh dinner roll, and a chocolate pie i'm a uh, Seth, I'm I'm gonna be totally honest though. I think I I think I like your team more. You're, I'm looking forward to your Thanksgiving a little bit. The the GBC and mashed potatoes. The sides really do carry you on this one.
1: Yeah. Hey, that that was my thought process going in. It's like picking a quarterback with your first overall pick. It's like, man, <laughs> there's value <laughs> down the road, but you know what? Most of your plate is filled with sides. Yeah, that you're means a. Yeah, your the team is to go first. So hey, yeah. I.
0: Your team's looking a lot like the Minnesota Vikings right now. I'm seeing mashed potatoes. That's Justin Jefferson. Green bean casserole. That's Dalvin Cook. Yeah, you got Kirk Cousins throwing you the ham. But I mean, that's still pretty good if you at the end of the day. And just to top it all off, you're you're catching some balls with TJ Hawkinson now. At, at yeah. that homemade cheesecake. Hey, yeah,
1: I, I'll be eight one till till you show up and you're disappointed that all the cheesecake's gone and all you're left <laughs> with is like warm ham and runny
0: mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh my gosh that was amazing i i love it um i i hope we did not offend anybody's memo. that's really what i was most worried about with this draft is that um someone's gonna listen and be like um they and i i don't think we really left anything off i was trying to think some of the things i had on my list i didn't really get to draft the sweet potato casserole um the marshmallow on top is fun but i just i get confused eating that because i'm like is this a dessert is this part of is mm. this like a side i yeah. so i couldn't bring half that any anything what about deviled eggs De-
1: deviled oh eggs is God, a very, i a, not have on my that's super underrated see a very this, holiday thing i'm i'm not a huge fan but it's a staple uh, at my family um holidays. No, we
0: have them too every year and it's uh and that's like the appetizer. Like for whatever reason I get a deviled egg with every single one. I just pop that thing in. It's like the it's like the hand grenade clearing the path, the first thing that I drop down the gullet. So I I don't know, that's pretty good. I also had pecan pie. If it, if you ended up drafting pecan pie for some reason, that would be my backup. I I don't I love the pecan pie. I'm not a big pumpkin pie guy though. I, I maybe that's I just haven't had the right one yet, but it just no, it, I,
1: I'm also out with you. A uh, stuffing. We neither of us mentioned stuffing, and stuffing. It really just it can be made so many different ways that and, I, and you, it's,
0: I just it's don't know like, if I love it. It's it's fine. You yeah, know? and it's so I almost eat it out of obligation every year. Like it's exactly. never something I'm like excited about. It's like you get the turkey, you get the mashed potatoes, and maybe you get mac and cheese. I, I thought about putting mac and cheese down on my list, but I kind of had the same thing you did with brisket. Like I wouldn't have drafted brisket as the backup protein. It's got kind of got to be ham. But I, like we get mashed we get mac and cheese sometimes, but that feels too general. But like you get these other sides and then you get to the stuffing and you're like, do I really want this like moist onion bread? I mean, like, grandma made it. She seems really proud of it this year. I guess I'll take a spoonful of it. And that's that's kind and it always ends up being the last thing I eat if I'm still yeah. hungry of it. Take a spoonful and be like, that's plenty for
1: this year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's like, wow, the stuffing was great this year. What did you do to it? Like, that's like, a, that's like an easy skirt conversation if you're in the middle of some If someone's asking you about how your grades were, I don't know if you're still in school, but if you're out, if, how's the grades this year? Mm, what did you do to the stuffing? That's really what I want to talk about. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, uh, I think I'm out on the stuffings. Um, but speaking of big disappointments, the stuffing, cough, cough. Let's run through these pretty quick. I, I don't know if there's a ton of analysis that really needs to go into our biggest disappointments in the fantasy season so far Um, week 11 around the corner. We are 10 17ths of the way through the fantasy season. I don't think that fraction reduces, but I I don't know. Um, I, we can run through these position by position pretty quick. Um, For me at quarterback, the biggest disappointment has been Justin Herbert. The dude was electric last year, uh, stormed on the field or stormed on the scene as a rookie. But this year, I, I mean, I don't know what it has been. Maybe it's been the fact that Mike Evans and Keenan Allen have been hurt all year or that the AFC has just gotten a lot better, but he has finished outside of the top 15, five out of the nine games that he's played. So over 50% of the time, he's not even a top 12 quarterback. And he's only been a top six quarterback one time. And where you drafted him in redraft leagues, you thought that he was going to be someone that could win you weeks, not bury you. So I I just have really been let down by Herbert, I think, overall this year. Well, and I uh, am going with a guy
1: nestled in between Davis Mills and Baker Mayfield on the um, season average or the weekly average as a fantasy quarterback and that is Matthew Stafford oh my gosh Matthew Stafford comes in through 10 weeks as quarterback
0: 34 um <laughs> you're joking a man so I'm, there's, all, there's I'm only looking, 32 teams Seth that can't be possible exactly
1: exactly <laughs> um I'm looking back at my redraft league just as a reference for like where um he was picked. Um, and I'm not we're not gonna judge like who picked him or where, but he went one pick after Jalen Hurts in round eight oh and God. um ahead of Aaron Rodgers, ahead of Russell Wilson. So even though those guys haven't produced, like that is the range of quarterback he was picked to be in. Definitely a top 10 guy. Um and he, <laughs> and he has produced on on average 12.4 fantasy points per game.
0: Bruh, uh, <laughs> that's bad. That's bad, <laughs> dude. It's like yeah. Russell Wilson right now. Never yeah. Drafted Matthew Stafford, <laughs> and unlike Herbert, um, and even Russell
1: Wilson and he, and Aaron Rodgers, like those guys have like skill position questions. That it's like ah, they you know, lost some guys, some guys have been hurt. Like, dude, Matthew Stafford has was in the Super Bowl four days ago with the <laughs> exact same skill position guys outside Odell Beckham who tore his ACL. It's like. Why not? Yeah. Um so he he got that Super Bowl hangover and he has just been abysmal and he's why the Rams are gonna make the playoffs.
0: Gosh, yeah, they are they have been so bad. I mean, the team is circling the drain. It's it's so it's incredibly tragic. Um At running back for me, it's got to be Najee Harris. He was a, most of the time in your leagues, he was a first round draft pick. Yeah, so I had a tough time putting him in here. Maybe I'm being too hard. I know he picked up an early season foot injury, but it's not kept him out of any games. So I, I know that to some extent that's probably limiting his mobility, but man, the dude has looked so bad. And he's one of those players that you draft in the first round. So you can't like to bench him, to bench Najee would be so emotionally tough to do. But you, you probably should have been doing that this whole season. He has never, never, not one time this season been a top 12 running back. Even in the first week before he got hurt, he's never finished in the top 12. And that is not what you were hoping when you drafted him in the first round of your redraft leagues. Yeah, and and it'll, you'll, I think it'll be a
1: theme with all of our um, all of these skill position guys. Uh, they're attached to a poor offense with a poor quarterback, and so that definitely applies to Najee because he's getting touches. I mean, when you're getting um, 12 to 18 touch or rushes and four to six targets, it's like, I mean, you're you should fall in the end zone some, but they're he's just not getting any opportunities either, so yeah, he for sure is. Uh, has been a bust, but man, I really think it's opportunity more than, um, kind of like the inverse of Herbert, who (laughs) you have guys to throw to. Well, Harris has no one to get him the ball. Yeah. Uh, And so, and I, man, I just have to, there's a couple running backs, because Najee is correct. (laughs) Say David Montgomery, but we kind of touched on him, and he's just, contract year, is he going to be back? Uh, Herbert's good. Um, like if Justin Fields is awesome, so I'm not I'm just going to leave him out. He's been injured. Cam Akers he's the guy that um, you're holding out hope again. Super Bowl, the dudes getting touches came back quick from his Achilles injury, and it's like, all right, uh, pe- people pick him in round three and four in redraft leagues. They're Like yeah. he, this offense is great. He's going to hit, and he has been atrocious all year. Um, so much so that in a bad offense he can't get touches. Um he has currently snuggled in at RB 72 for the season. <laughs> RB R- <laughs> D two For oh a guy who was picked in redraft leagues, even if round 3 is high. He was a top 6. Like he's a top 6 round pick. Like it oh. because not even a question. Um and so he has just been he may be out of the league next year. And that, and that's all that's
0: all you need to know. Well, I thought they were going to – thought i th- I'm really kind of like – I know Eno Benjamin got waived from the Cardinals yesterday and got picked up by the Houston Texans. Wacky. But I'm kind of waiting for that message to come across about Cam Akers too. Kyron Williams, a tr- rookie who ran a 9 40 at the Combine, for, out of Notre Dame, is now taking touches ahead of Cam, Cam Akers in this offense. I mean, it is – it's honestly wild to see it, the fall. And I – I can't help but think so much of it is just that Achilles injury. It's so hard for running backs to come back from that. Um, and I just think I, – I kind of agree. I think he's I think he's D-U-N done. Yeah, he's done. Uh,
1: well, and just – and even to maybe not say Cam Akers is done, Daryl Henderson, who has no reason that he shouldn't produce, he is running back uh, 40 for the year. Yeah. You know, so, so it's more so
0: offense, but then also the dudes are scrub. Yeah. <laughs> I So that's like the thing. I was just talking on Daryl Henderson for a second. I remember probably about three years ago when Todd Gurley would get hurt. They would put Daryl Henderson in and everyone would be like, dude, this guy has so much juice. He's so good. He's going to replace Todd Gurley, blah, blah, blah. And then I was just like, yeah, Daryl Henderson, he's fine. There he is. He's right there. Like, It's just crazy how his fallen so far from grace cuz he was supposed to be an elite running back in this fancy Sean McVay offense and they have seemed to just completely abandon the run this year.
1: Yeah, he's the guy you throw in with three first round picks to trade for Jonathan Taylor.
0: That'll do it. Yeah, I I think that'll get it done usually. Um at wide receiver, I I kind of I kind of struggled with this one, but I landed on Michael Pittman Jr., a man that you almost gave up two first round draft picks for. And the reason is he performances inside the top 36 all year long and this guy was drafted by by me in many leagues and most of my best ball lineups included michael pittman sometimes in the early third round sometimes in the late second round anytime he was there in the fourth round i was taking him like it was like candy from a stranger It's unbelievable, and I think so much of it has just been the implosion of the Colts overall. Um, Matt Ryan has been running for his life all season. They had this brief foyer where Sam Ellinger, slinging Sammy Ellinger, is going to be the quarterback of the future for the Colts. And then former Pro Bowl center Jeff Saturday that's never coached an NFL game in his entire life becomes the head coach of the Colts. He maybe has more relevance now that Matt Ryan is apparently back in charge of being the quarterback, but I just he has completely let you down. You were expecting an enormous kind of like continued breakout alpha one season from him after what he did at the end of the year last year. And that has not at all come to fruition. So I, I'm definitely the most disappointed of Pittman. Yeah.
1: And he's a good one, especially like how the last eight weeks, I mean, he started out so hot. You're like, this, this guy's got it. And uh, it's just been a bummer. Um, and funny, I'm looking back at my, uh, my redraft league, the guy who was picked. So I picked Michael Pittman, um, at, it looks like, 28, 28, 29. The guy that went right before him was DJ Moore. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, DJ Moore is going to be my guy who has, um, who is underwhelmed because people uh, pick him, uh, picked him as a guy who um, has this upside of a... Maybe he could get to RB or wide receiver one, and he he's never been that guy. Um, and so I think we just set our hopes of like, oh, this will be the year, this will be the year. And he's just been the same guy, unable to score touchdowns, with the worst quarterback. Um, and so he's had a couple uh, with PJ Walker, had a couple um, bigger games. But really, if you drafted him, if you went RB, RB, and he was your first wide receiver, mm-hmm. you're, in, you're in dire – uh, dire straights, um just begging for anyone. And and there's a few receivers like that. Um, names that we didn't mention because this is an easy one of uh more Pittman, um, T Higgins has underwhelmed, Mike Williams is underwhelmed, Deontay Johnson's underwhelmed, um yeah. Cortland Sutton's underwhelmed, um Jerry Judy, all of those guys went within like twenty picks in that round, three, four, five ish. And all of those guys are just they've man. Man.
0: meh. I- Uh, i have a really tragic yahoo fantasy league right now where i went Pittman, sutton mike williams and it is i think i am in dead last in that league right now because it's exactly what you're saying you are you are just totally screwed because you have no wide receiver one you have three wide supposedly wide receiver ones and you have none so um yeah no i i totally agree and i mean honestly like your your analysis on dj moore at this point in his career is just a scheduled tweet it's just like yep every About week 10, we're like, Oh, DJ Moore isn't good anymore, or isn't it good yet? Okay, maybe next year we'll save it for the in July. We'll start getting hot and bothered about DJ Moore again. We'll say this is the year. Um, it probably will not ever be his year unless he gets traded, unless he gets traded to the Chiefs. But I mean, well, here's a
1: reference he has one game he went off and he had 152 yards. Um, every other game he's been under 70. Um, and one, two, three, four, five, six of the um, 10 games, he's been under
0: 40 yards. And <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like, it's not his fault. He can't help it that he has not- PJ Walker, Baker Mayfield. I mean, like, I, it's not his fault, but clearly
1: not his talent. But you can't, I, I think that's one thing that this we're answering our question of like, it, it doesn't matter how talented the man is. Yeah. If the, the offense cannot support him, if the opportunity is yeah. not there, does not matter how talented he is. I like, deonte Deontay Johnson's one that I'm just still biting me. I'm like, the dude gets 10 targets a game. He has to <laughs> score a touchdown. And no, the
0: answer is he doesn't. <laughs> well, he, 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 he doesn't have to. Kenny Pickett might just not throw a touchdown this game. That, that can happen too. Yeah. That is within the outcome, the range of outcomes. Oh man. Yeah, well, we my- just,
1: again, we won't talk about any Broncos in this segment.
0: I don't even know who you're talking about. I uh, I purposefully did not include Sutton and Russ Wilson as my total failures and disappointments. I I mean, I'm still holding out hope. They have a great end-of-season schedule. They're going to win people championships. Well, you, you heard it here first, everybody. You heard, just double down. Go trade for Cortland Sutton today. He'll cost you nothing. I know because I will sell you him for nothing. But um, my, my tight end, just rounding everything out, I picked Aaron Waller, and I know he's been hurt. I know that a lot of it is that... But this is the second season in a row where Darren Waller has, he'll tease you. At the beginning of the season, he'll drop a top two, tight end. I think he was tight end two in week two. He'll drop this game on you where you're like, this is it. I remember in 2019 or 2020, the dude was unbelievable. This is the one. He's back. And then he just disappears. Whether or not that's injury related. I remember, I think there was probably three or four games after that week two where he was fully healthy. I mean, playing out there and just gone, irrelevant for fantasy. Foster Moreau, unnamed, random white guy running a, another nine ten forty, comes in and is producing. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. It shows that the offense has the need for another target, but just because of Darren Waller's aptitude or maybe just because of his skill set and injury history, he's just not going to be there. Not going to do it for you. So, And this is another guy you probably drafted in the first three rounds because you wanted him to be a top three tight end. So I, I know that... He's been hurt, but that draft capital, draft capital, and tight end, it just it'll it kills you. Yeah. Speaking speaking of draft capital and tight ends, the
1: the guy who um, is is av- averaging six point two fantasy points per game, Kyle Pitts. Um, this is the, the right. This is the right answer. The the <laughs> dynasty power rankings fantasy darling, the guy who <laughs> who is bolstering every. Uh, keep trade cut
0: uh, lineup <laughs> out there i think uh, i think his t- i think his grade is like a t- is like 10,000 on keep trade cut like you cannot con- you cannot complete a logical trade for Kyle Pitts and keep yeah, trade cut for them. B-
1: b- because because he's Calvin Johnson but <laughs> Calvin Johnson even though their team was garbage still had Matthew Stafford when he was in his in his prime and Kyle Pitts again i said it going week 1 he's playing with a quarterback who i think might be better left-handed he, or <laughs> he legitimately might be able to get the ball to the man with like equal, equal opportunity. (laughs) Um, And so Kyle Pitts is the answer. He is, everyone drafted him because it kind of the DJ Moore syndrome of like, he has to be good. He has to, he has to. Um, And he was a touchdown machine of Florida. So like all of the logic said he has to be good. And he has just underwhelmed two years in a row. Um, And so Kyle Pitts for sure the answer.
0: No, I, I think that that's absolutely, especially because of the hope. I mean, like, and he's been healthy the whole season. So I, I did hear a stat uh, just this morning, actually, podcast, Um, 30% of Kyle Pitts targets have been declared as not on target. So that means a third of the passes that are even headed are really not catchable. Like there's, there's a metric that they have for defining what is and is not catchable. This guy has the biggest wingspan in the history of the position, and he and a third of his passes are not really catch. The targets towards him are not really catch. Th- that's insane. That that should not happen. And I honestly, you'll probably hear that stat all off season as like further ammunition for why Kyle Pitts is supposed to be good next year because they get. Desmond Ritter under center I guess um, but just remember this I mean like man the dude is supposed to be good but he is not good even though he has every everything going for him physically I guess Um, man that kind of bums me out a uh, lot of disappointing people this year especially and it's very depressing because it's all of these people that I, I was really on at the beginning of the year this is it's a miracle that I'm I'm not winless right now oh it's spectacular that of the names we mentioned um,
1: like Najee Harris was like I my project I was like I think he's gonna hit, and, <laughs> and Kyle Pitts was for sure your your number my, one, yeah like, he was my tight end one absolutely, <laughs> uh, and then you said Justin Herbert and he was my quarterback one uh, <laughs> that I was like oh you know I th-. so we are just we are better at uh, telling people how stupid they are um, because we know how stupid we are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. So eloquently said, my goodness, that's beautiful. Um, I I think we should print a t-shirt and, and just kind of sell that out and see if we can get our uh, podcast off the ground full time. Um, I, I did want to throw in sleeper is not paying me for this. I will say, but <clears throat> moving on just really briefly, I did want to talk about a new feature that they, that sleeper has released within the app. Um, If you are a fellow degen and enjoy the projections of how football is going to go over certain weekends uh, and and perhaps placing small modicums of cash uh, out for that wager or that belief that you think is going to happen, Sleeper has a new feature in their app called Daily Draft. And you've probably gotten about 15 million push notifications about it because I have and it's really freaking annoying. But I went ahead and I've done a couple of weeks. just to test it out and see what it's like because number one it's in the app and they're blasting it all over us so i was probably forced to because of my subconscious desire to please everyone that i come in contact with but also they give you five dollars for free to do it if you just click on the little daily drafts button and click claim your five dollars and if you're playing with house money i mean how bad can it really be so what is the sleeper daily draft feature it is a eight round fantasy draft with eight other people. So very, very small subset of, of players. And basically what you're doing is you're drafting a lineup for one week. So you're going to wake up on whatever day, <clears throat> pull up the draft app, and you can pick, I mean, eight rounds. You pick a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex. So you go through, you get this team set up, and all you're trying to do is beat the other eight people that you're going to be playing against. Now, these eight people are kind of paired up, you're paired up with these people kind of like in little lobbies, it's kind of random assignments, but you go through this draft, and the whole point of the game is to play ADP to where you're drafting good value all throughout your draft, and then what they're going to do is, over the course of the weekend, you can do Thursday to Monday, you can do just Sunday slates, however you want to do it, you go through, draft your team, and at the end of that week, you're scored from one in your lobby if you finished first, second, or third, you get a little payout. And if you finish fourth through eighth, you get nothing. So bummer. Thanks for playing. Um, It's, it's pretty fun. If you, if you play best ball, it's kind of like a little best ball draft for one week. Um, If you play, I mean, we've all played normal fantasy. It's kind of like you're drafting an entire fantasy team, but a starting lineup, but just for one week. So really easy, super straightforward. The drafts take about, I don't know, five to seven minutes. So they're in kind of quick hitters, um, after you, it costs $1 to do your initial draft. And after your draft, if you're feeling kind of spicy about how you, you played it, you're like, man, this is a really good lineup. You can then enter that draft in subsequent challenges, like a $5, $10, $20, however much money you want to give away into subsequent competitions that put you into higher dollar lobbies to win and go up against uh, other people like that. So free to play. It's a dollar to enter. Pretty fun. Um, if you are interested I played the first week and I got dead last in my lobby. And then I played the second week and I got second. So I'm, I think based off of the money that I've put in, which is $0, I'm up $2. So probably retiring off of this money is all I'm saying. But, um, it, I I got four quick hitter tips for you to kind of take into consideration as you're doing these drafts. If you were to participate in one, which again, I highly recommend it's free. If you like fantasy, it's right there. It's built into the sleeper app, which you're already looking at on Thursdays anyway. So whatever. Tip number one, stack. If you're going to draft a quarterback, draft one of their wide receivers. Because what that's going to do is if you think a quarterback is going to go off, we've talked about this in redraft and in dynasty concepts, if the quarterback goes off, one of their wide receivers is going to go off. If you pick them both right, you have a great chance of hitting a high score. And in challenges like this where you just want to finish first or second place, If you finish fourth, you get no money. If you finish eighth, you get no money. So just aim for the stars. You just want to try to get the highest scores you possibly can. That's the easiest way to do it. So stack your quarterback with a pass catcher. That can be a tight end. That can be a wide receiver. That can be a pass catching running back. Whatever. Um, Number two, look for game environments that have a chance to blow up. So, uh, for example, last week, I think one of the big games on the slate was the Chiefs and Jaguars game. Like Everyone was really excited about that. It had like a 49 and a half over-under, so both teams were projected to score over three touchdowns. There's a good opportunity there. So, in that draft, what you want to do is you want to try to get uh, a quarterback and a pass catcher. So, you draft Mahomes-Kelsey, and you're hoping that Mahomes is throwing touchdowns to Kelsey. But, because it's going to be a high-scoring environment, maybe you're hoping that Jacksonville has to throw a lot to catch up. So you throw in Christian Kirk, you draft him as your one of your all playing in the same game that you're projecting to be a high scoring affair. Kirk goes off in that game serendipitously. I think he caught two touchdown passes and scored like 25 points. Um, So that's going to put you in another elevated tier where you're kind of looking at those guys. that's going to score a lot of points. So that's another tip is don't just stack teams stack games. And that's the kind of thing you're looking for is, okay, what games are going to go off and go for a 80 point over under. Um, Tip number three, ignore the ADP in the sleeper app. It's totally pointless. Whether or not Austin Eckler is going number two overall versus number seven overall is completely irrelevant. If you don't think he's going to score a lot of points this week, don't draft him 14th. Don't draft him 37th. Just don't draft him. So when it comes to those kind of things, believe in your hope. Use the ADP, if anything, to try to gauge when other players are going to draft. So if you're drafting out of the seven spot in these little drafts, Maybe use the ADP to say, okay, is this guy gonna get back to me in the next round? But I would not worry about and honestly, even if you're trying to rely on this ADP, it's so scattered and so many people are just trying to put good teams together that they're completely ignoring ADP. So it's really worthless in a lot of ways. Um, and then a few quick hitters. Don't play bl- don't play two running backs from the same game. I mean, Houston, I think Houston and New York played last week. Don't put Saquon and Damian Pierce on the same game because if Saquon's going off and running for a bunch of yards, that means Houston's going to be throwing the ball. So you don't want to rely on two running backs in the same game. Um, And also don't play two wide receivers from the same team unless their names are Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. I mean, then in that case you probably can get away with it. But otherwise, it seems an, it's really irrelevant to try to hit both wide receivers and, and hope that they both hit ceiling outcomes on certain games. Um last week like Gabe Davis was the big Buffalo wide receiver and Stefan had a good game but not a great game. So that's kind of what you're looking for to try to find those guys. Um Seth, uh you got anything on on those? I don't I don't even have you played it yet? I have not played it. So yeah,
1: I that oh mm. We'll we'll see how uh <laughs> i'm just trying to guard my heart man to guard Yo, my you're, heart.
0: you're doing good don't don't do it if you don't want to i'm not i'm not selling no, anybody no, if, if you've you seen can, the if you've seen you, the ads and you wondered what it is that's what it is yeah it, it's not a do you
1: wanna it's should you
0: do it <laughs> <laughs> um well i i wanna We'll quickly look ahead um just a pre a quick preview of the week 11 matchups um Next week, week 11, Jacob is going to try to double up Corey uh, in another rendition of Jacob Goes for 170 Points. Um, Braden is trying to stop a four-game losing streak. Uh, he is the person who scored 33.14 points last week. I, I, I don't know if that joke was lost on anybody, but that's who that was. Um, and he's going up against Tanner this week, who is also on a small slide of his own, so uh, both trying to right the ship. Um, JD and Andreas are playing this week. This is a pretty this is a pretty big matchup. I'm I'm personally selfishly rooting for JD because I, I'm i really hoping that I can fend up division for a bye week. And so um JD seems to have locked his bye week up unless Seth massive four-game tear to end the season and JD happens to lose the rest of his. Um so that's gonna be a big game to look forward to. Um karma comes for me as I face Nick Marr uh, I believe I may or may not have mentioned a few weeks ago my trade strategy for giving away all of my players um, to the trade a partner who then has to play me while all of those players I just gave them are on buy um, so somehow I lose this game because the universe of fantasy football must um, find a suitor and find a um, prisoner to take for these kind of trades um, Seth you're uh, looking to continue your meteoric rise against Mitch how you, how you feeling about that one I will say that somehow
1: I am projected for the most points every single week. And I don't know that I've, other than week one, I don't know that I've exceeded my projection one time. (laughs) That being said, the 50 point discrepancy between Mitch and I, I, I'm fairly confident. I, and I'm not even gonna knock on uh, knock on any wood because Mitch is without um, his two Miami guys, and man his bitch is his bench is pretty thin. And so I, I'm feeling good this week, versus Mitch. Uh,
0: I think I think that's justified. I think you can feel that way. Uh, it would fifty points would seem to be too many. But I guess technically, you're both at zero zero right now. So who's to say? Um, perhaps the most exciting, well, maybe not the most exciting, but the most intriguing matchup on the week. Is the field's hurts bowl as Irby takes on Brennan? Will the trade have been worth it? Will Jalen Hurts be able to lead Brennan over a victory over his trade partner? That will be, I think, the 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 game with the most uh, ego on the line, if I if I can say it that way. Uh, fun one to watch. I I think Hurts plays. I'm sorry, I think Fields plays Detroit this week, which might be the worst defense in the NFL. So I Fields, I think... Fields at Atlanta. Oh, at Atlanta. Oh, even better.
1: Oh in my god. He in he's the... gonna
0: run 250. <laughs> he legit he legit might Samaj he might break Samaj P. Ryan's rushing record, is what I'm hearing. Oh my gosh. Well, Seth, I'll let you start it off this time. I feel like I normally start it off. Let's jump into our power rankings. Uh, run through what do you what do you think you got going on? Maybe we start in the maybe we start at the top this year and work down, or this week yeah, and work down. Yeah, I we know. start at the top. Um,
1: and so my tier, uh, honestly, <laughs> Jacob Black has the highest upside um, because of his stack. Um, with if Mahomes and Kelsey are um, healthy all year, that's put it in the book t- starting with a 50 burger. <laughs> and so he his the rest of his team doesn't have to do like exceptionally well. And like he his seal that's already like that's a floor, a 50 point floor. Um yeah. and then you just supplement that with wide receiver ones um and like competent running backs like I I think he's at a tier that no one else can reach. That being said, Jonathan, you're you and you and him uh you and Jacob are I think my one and my two. Uh, Jacob one,
0: you two. Far too far too kind.
1: Uh no, um, but you're still I, we'll get to your rankings later where you're putting yourself. You, <laughs> you can't you can't talk your way out of this. Like you have <laughs> um like in your best players still hurt and you are you you're still eight and two. Um and so regardless of your quarterback situation, you have solid running back room. Um and uh, three of the top five receivers and the number two tight end so like that that's that gives you a chance to win any week versus any opponent um and kind of the next tier of three i have jd he's only the only reason he's in this tier is because Coop, i wouldn't be surprised if cooper cup doesn't play again um because uh-huh. of the Ram season is. Yeah. Um he's on so, I mean he's on IR until at least what week fourteen. So yeah, I it's mean a, it's a guaranteed four weeks. So it's a four week surgery slash injury. Like a high ankle sprain is a four-week injury period. And there, so if you have surgery plus I mean, that's it's a that's a tough one to overcome. Um, but he still yeah. has so much depth that like he's still in the solid kind of second tier um uh, with Andreas and myself. Um I think Andreas and I have very similar teams. Of man, we could both score 160, and no one would be surprised. But I think we're just missing like we 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 don't have enough good offenses with our best players. Um, mm. That it's it is so variable um, that o- Olavi could have 25, uh, Terry McLaurin could have 25, but they also have eight far <laughs> too often. And, yeah. and that sticks you with 90. Neither of us will score below 90 because our team's really good. Um, but we just have too many nineties to um it kind of caps our um caps our upside. Um then I have Tanner and Brennan. They're in a tier by themselves of I think they'll be duking it out for that last playoff spot. Um, I'm not yeah. sure who I'm picking to get in there, but um they're they're in a tier by themselves. i I think Tanner's roster is, um, I would say, better if I was drafting week one. But his rarely has his roster performed to potential. Um, and so, but, but I just have them just that like kind of as a wash as that six seven, uh, and then man, <laughs> these other five guys I bumped them from the bottom to the top because of You're drinking experience. the field's Kool Aid, my dude. Just because of Justin Fields, and here's the deal. All of these guys' rosters look – is a just a combination of stuff. And how you make stuff special is you have something to build on. And knowing that he has Justin Fields, a guy, if he is who he's been for half of the season, he's a guy – he's a top, top three, top five quarterback. Um, and that's something you can build a real roster from. And so I go Matt. Corey, uh, Mitch, and then Brayden. I don't think your team is this bad, but 33 points. (laughs) (laughs) And every guy played. (laughs) That's like four points a player.
0: (laughs) We're not not laughing at you, Brayden. This is just like... It's not your fault. It's not your fault. You couldn't have done... I mean, he ran Kamara out there. He ran guys out there that should have scored... 30 points on their own. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: And so, but then I just think, Nick, your your team is just so old and having <laughs> to start two running backs from the same team is just, uh, I hurt for you. And so, Wait. Nick, you, you just kind of round out, uh, round us out at pick or
0: at number 12. Man, <laughs> I I really do agree. Okay. So just like you, I have, I have moved Jacob up to the top on mine. Um, I, I said it at the top. I don't know if he loses another game this year. The dude, his team, I mean, just like what you're saying, he starts basically every single week if Mahomes, Tyreek, and Kelsey play. Basically, he's hes already up 60 to nothing on you, Um, which is – Tyreek is – I've been doing some kind of deep diving into regression candidates for the rest of the season. I, you can't trade for Tyreek anyway, but the typical NFL wide receiver scores a touchdown every 186 yards – Tyreek basically should have already scored like 11 touchdowns right now based off of how many yards he's received. He's only had, I think, three, maybe four touchdowns the entire season. So I know that he probably won't hit that number, but regression is coming for him, and it's regression in a good way. So I would be horrified for what even happens for him the rest of the season because he's just been playing so well, and the two-end Miami offense is just... uh, It's really come out of nowhere. I have... I bumped JD down a spot uh, to number two, and it's just for the reason that you said. Um, Cooper Cup getting hurt is, I mean, it's just a brutal injury in in fantasy. One injury to, I mean, the 101 in some drafts, that's really, really tough. I think he has the guys, kind of like what you're saying, to fit in. Because, I mean, I see his lineup has Christian Kirk. He didn't even play him last week. And he's a guy that can slot in as a good wide receiver, too. Um, and so I don't think he's—I don't think his season's over. I think he has a great chance of still putting up some monster games, um, even absent Cooper Cup. And I agree. I don't think he plays the rest of the year. Um, I, if I'm if I'm uh, Los Angeles, why would I risk my best player who I'm paying about eighty gajillion dollars a year? To play three games after coming off of a devastating ankle injury for what? So that he has a better chance of being in the Pro Bowl doesn't make any sense. So I, I, have, I have no doubt that he they probably shut him down for the season, and they I think that that's the smart thing to do. Seth, I don't understand your ranking for yourself either. Maybe we're both hedging. I'm I'm sure that that's what it is. But I have you. I'm five three. and five.
1: But you, you have the second laugh. most
0: points in the year, in the
1: league. You can't laugh at. Matt saying says the guy who's has a losing record. Yeah. You, you, you laughed at that. You know, I'm, I'm watching. You hey. can't you can do that. And then
0: be like, Oh, but you're the third best
1: team. No, you are the no, third no, no, best. No, no. You scored the no. second
0: most points. Of, you have no. Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor. I, I don't know what else you could want. Now. I will say you are Seth Francisco. You, you have every single piece of that San Francisco offense, which as we saw last Sunday is really good. When Jimmy Garoppolo does not throw touchdowns, he's ten and two when he doesn't throw a touchdown pass. That does hurt Debo and George Kittle a lot, but those players are all amazing. Debo could go for thirty points next week off of two screen passes that he takes to the house, and no one would be shocked. But that's the thing, and that's the yeah. piece that's going to happen. He's long so period. amazing that no one is willing to do anything. In <laughs> I offered you a- Isaiah McKenzie for him. I don't. I don't know what you want me to offer. A- at point. Thank you. Thank you. Point <laughs> proof um i so i i really do and i'm horrified i i don't know if you've been looking but like the way that the playoff seating works the number 2 team faces y- whoever finishes like 6th or 5th in the uh scoring sheet and whoever finishes second in the league is likely going to have to play you in the first round of the playoffs. And I am dying to not get one of those, or whoever finishes third, I'm sorry, whoever get, doesn't have one of the first buys. And I'm dying to get a buy because I do not want to have to play you in the first round of the playoffs. That sounds freaking horrible. So I have you three. I, I think that that's very clear. But just like you also, I have Andreas and you kind of in that same tier. Um, y'all have ceiling, like italicized, bolded ceiling to your teams where you Derrick Henry can run for 70 yards. Uh, Christian McCaffrey can rush for four touchdowns. I mean, that that is entirely – it's Alvin Kamara on Christmas Day a couple of years ago, any week. That's entirely possible. Um, so, yes, you've scored 90 like more often than you've scored 170, but when it comes time for playoffs, you just got to get in and you got to hit those ceilings. And that is clearly in the range of outcomes. So I'm horrified. Um, I do have myself number five. I did bump myself up one. And it is just because I have I am scrambling on running backs currently since Javante has gone out and I've traded Austin Eckler and I've traded Clyde Edwards a which the Clyde trade actually in hindsight isn't that bad. But since I've traded away all these guys and AJ Dillon, I am left starting the only running back to ever score positive points without an Achilles, uh, Deonta Foreman. And I am hoping, praying daily, that Brian Robinson or Rashad White becomes the starting running back for an NFL team because I desperately need one running back to fit into this lineup. Probably two. Otherwise, I am left begging for six points and not a failure. So uh, number five feels incredibly reasonable. And Jamar Chase... They, I've looked at his sleeper little notification section about daily to see if there's any news on when he's coming back, and there's none. He, I don't even know if the – they said he was on crutches on Sunday, whatever that means. So horrified. Who knows if that's going to happen. Um, not looking forward to that per se. But I, five – reasonable uh, for myself personally. Next, I do have Brennan, uh, and it's really – I think Bre- – so you have Brennan and Tanner in this tier. I have them as well. Brennan has scored more than Tanner this year so far, and so right now, Brennan is sitting to go into the playoffs in that sixth spot. I think that that just seems most likely. He might lose a couple of games the rest of the season, but so will Tanner. And if it comes down to that tiebreaker, I just think the ceiling performances from Eckler and now Hurts that he's going to have the rest of the way out are going to be what kind of breaker level. Um, so yeah, I have Brennan Tanner six seven. I have Braden 8. The, the Braden hate is... Is, the ranking that you have is well justified because his team really is just, it's Alvin Kamara and then other people. And Alvin Kamara will not probably play football for the first 10 weeks of the season next year because of the offseason court stuff. Um, so starting a soon-to-be felon as your best player, um, he has a chance to run for seven touchdowns. So that's why I put him at the top of the list. But yeah, that's it's not great, Bob um matt i have a number nine i bumped him up i have taken the kool-aid justin fields is looking to be lamar jackson for 2019 and that is just bad news for everybody else Corey, i have a number 10 uh dropped him down the swift godwin lamb fiasco that we talked about last week poor Corey. that dude has really lost that on because i don't know if deandre swift plays a snap until the fantasy playoffs chris godwin got in the end zone Um, but watching CD go for 36 points, uh, finishes the wide receiver one last week, probably did not feel very good for Corey. Um, and then I have Mitch and Nick towards the bottom, um, in that order. I think Mitch has got great building blocks for his team. I mean, between Damian Pierce, Jalen Waddle, um, yeah, he has Montgomery and Zeke, which isn't a super great running back room to build off of, but he's gonna have a great draft pick for next year so there's a chance to get that high value wide receiver um and i I think he has the pieces to make moves the rest of the season to set himself up for next year if he really wants to get aggressive and do something like that that's uh but that's all that i got man uh any any, you don't like where i put myself i i understand but here's the deal you
1: can't start off the podcast with the humble brag about we have a new leader number one in the locker room this week, Jonathan Rogers, eight and two. It's true. Beat JD and then be like, yeah, man, JD lost his best player. Number two, Jonathan Rogers, (laughs) number five.
0: What (laughs) the, that's all I'm saying. That's
1: all I'm saying. I
0: I do recognize, I I rec, it's all about ceiling. That's the only thing. It's all about ceiling. And Joe Mixon scored all of his touchdowns for the entire season a couple of weeks ago. And I needed every single one of them to win. You said it. You said in the chat, you roasted me. I saw it. We all saw it. So I don't know. Oh man. Well, shoot. Well, Seth, again, congratulations on your finance um or fiance, sorry. Uh I hope you guys have a great little engagement uh, and enjoy the the wedding planning. Um, but in the meantime, we're gonna try to to win some some fantasy games. Good luck to everyone this weekend. Um, enjoy your your turkey and your picnic potatoes. Don't eat any of that nasty green bean casserole, it's gross anyway, right, Seth? Uh, it is delicious. Enjoy your, your man,
1: your mind-numbing, uh, overindulged afternoon on the
0: couch watching some Dallas
1: Cowboys-Detroit Lions.
0: Oh, and the World Cup is back! Seth, we didn't even talk about the World Cup. We believe, America, Christian Polisic's going to lead us to glory against Wales on next Monday. Let's go! Oh my gosh, I can't wait to watch some World Cup football. But anyway enjoy come on united states good luck everybody this weekend see ya you're welcome